MSW Media. Hi, I'm Francis Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangela. Welcome to the final word. The final word with Frangela. The final word. 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 Okay, you know what? You know what? I got seniorititis. I don't know, and I and I like, and and I don't have no kind of holiday break really. I don't know why I have seniorititis today, but I do. Forgive me, because shit is fucked up, and I need to be focused. Let me not cuss so much too. Oh, oh, you know what? Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to us on the... No, we ain't starting this again. We're not starting again. Maybe we're going to start again. You know what? You know what they're going to get? They're going to get us in our raw form, okay? (laughs) You're going to understand. You're going to know who we are today. All Mm -hmm. right? All right? That's true. We want to thank you for listening. We don't put on airs. We don't. We don't. No, this is really us. (laughs) 100%. And when you write us at FrangelaZeria Gmail, you are actually writing us, which is why it sometimes takes a minute for us to write back everyone, because it's us. And we don't have um, the only person who who really, really does a lot is Laura. She's so wonderful. Yeah, she's wonderful. She's wonderful. And you are wonderful because you listen to us on the Sexy Liberal Podcast yeah. Network. You have excellent taste. In, in MSW Media. You just are amazing. You got great taste. And you tell people about this podcast. You share it with the world. And we appreciate and thank you for that. We also thank you for supporting us financially through Patreon. Without your support, we would not be able to do this, be here and have this presence so thank you no seriously seriously and i have to i really want to say a special thank you to people who who have upped their donation their uh their amount on patreon and and people who lowered it because what you do when you lower it what you say to me is this is an important part of my budget yeah you know appreciate it and i we so appreciate and understand that and we want you to know how much you are loved and how much you are appreciated So thank you, thank you, thank you. And the way we say thank you is by giving you three micro idiots a week. They're hilarious. Come on in and get your self-care because we all need it, especially this time of the year, okay? That's what I'm saying. You know what? I'm not kidding. My therapist, I came back. She said, she says, I'm asking everybody, how was Thanksgiving? Oh my (laughs) gosh. This is the first year I felt like the therapy community, like they really, everybody I've talked to has said this. And like my my therapist, my this was like I don't before I went was like I don't want to just send you out there to the wolves. Let's <laughs> let's talk about things that could happen. <laughs> I'm telling you. So I'm like we've never taken Thanksgiving emotionally seriously like this before. Thank you. And, and thank you. And Christmas is coming up, so we and I'm going to tell you something. I'm home on break with a whole bunch of people who ain't mm-hmm. never normally home. So I will be listening to my own micro idiots. Thank you very much. Also, did you know that you can get a cameo from Frangela? Yes. I did not know that. Yes, you can. I mean, I did, but I'm... It's amazing. It's a video message. Go to cameo.com, put in Frangela, and we will record a message for you. You can give us every single detail that you want in that cameo. That's... And we... We will put it in there. Every... And you, and you'll be 
I mean, don't be shy. Don't worry. Just, I don't know what's wrong with me. You know what? I know what's wrong with you. You got senior. My partner got COVID. You got senior-itis. I got senior-itis and my partner got COVID again. All we do is get COVID over here. What? I don't, let me tell you something. Okay, I don't understand that. My husband teaches at a school. My child goes to school. They have never had COVID. We've had it. I've had it three times. Twice in the last year. A little over a year. Dan has had, this is either, he's in denial about one of them times. It's really three, but he likes to think it's two. <laughs> he's in denial about one of them. And he keeps testing himself every eight hours like it's going to be different. He's sick. Tell him to lay his ass down and be sick. Do you both have a problem with being sick? Oh, he's worse than I am. He is worse than I am. Every time I turn around, he's doing some major home, like he put up the Christmas lights. I was like, what are you doing? Oh my God. So I didn't put them all up. I just did a little bit. I was like, could you lay it out? He won't lay it out. We're going to get okay. out of focus here because there's a lot of bad shit happening. <laughs> okay, yeah, there's a lot of bad things. And, and we have senior-itis, okay? Because I now I've caught it from her, okay? It's I've caught it. It's catchy. It's catchy. But anyway, you can get that cameo whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, also, you know what? We're recording at the witching hour. It's not a normal record time for us. That's right. That's what's wrong with us. That's what's wrong. This is when I'm very... Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. the problem. We're, we're recording on a completely different day and time, and this is the late hour for us. We're no good after 3 p.m. No, th in fact, this is a period of time when I'm actually a problem. I'm like a diff... I am a problem in your group. I am yeah, the distractor are. between 3 and 5 yeah, she's no good That's, to any of us. No, it's and in fact, I'm I'm I can be destructive in an enjoyable way. <laughs> lollygagging. I'm a lollygag. Okay, let's get out of lollygag and do this damn podcast. <laughs> I know, because I want to talk about Special Counsel Jack Smith and a whole bunch of other stuff that's got me very mad. Okay, real quick. So, Pay-per-view, go to sexyliberal.com and see information about our San Francisco show in January 2024. And join us on the third hour of every uh, Stephanie, every Friday for the Stephanie Miller Show for Fridays with Frangela. That's right. It's the blackest hour in radio. Okay, go, Angela. Okay, Special Counsel Jack Smith has accused Trump of a pattern of lying about electoral fraud since at least 2012 and encouragement of violence. I would like to piggyback on to that <laughs> accusation. <laughs> Number one. Yes. This fool. Mm, I like that show, by the way, this fool. This fool. I just can't. It's like, and I, again and again, we said it, I believe, last week, and maybe it was on Stephanie. But Miller, but I, but like, thankfully, if all these black people hadn't brought charges up against this man, hallelujah, would Jack Smith be doing it? I don't know. I don't know. You know what? It's awfully easy to get your motherfucking sea legs. Thank you. Once black, once yep. black people had to stiffen their spines Thank and walk you. that plank first. That's right. Okay. And black women up in here showing you how to do it. Black black prosecutors up in here showing you how to do it. And again and again and again, I'm going to say it again and again and again. Mm -hmm. From the blood in the soil, our blood in this soil. Thank you. Black people have saved this country. 
have worked for this country, have put their backs into this country. Right now we're saving democracy. And I, I wanna I do wanna tip our hats too to the to Congress, to the House. Well, really not Congress, to the House, to the House, because it, they did the investigation. They got it televised. They put if they hadn't done that, you know, like and and I am every day shocked. And this is what I was trying to remember. And if you remember this man's name, could you write us at franchise zero eight at gmail.com? When we first did our our podcast for a while is at Westwood One before they changed their formats. Mm. Um, and we went there and when we first went there, they had us go on some other people's podcasts, but one of them was this guy, and I thought his name was Mark, but maybe I was wrong. <laughs> And I can't mm. think of his name because I blocked the experience because I was annoyed. But we went on there and it was right after Trump had just been inaugurated. You know, we had we went to the protest. Mm -hmm. We came back and it was the week of it was like a few a little bit after. But I think within the same week as the Muslim ban, which I believe was like the, literally the first week of his presidency, first yes. or second week. It was very early. But um, and maybe at least in the first month. But I really think it was earlier. So we're in there talking and and I was talking about that and how I thought he was horrible and this was wrong and he was like you know what Ugh, come on ladies he just got into office I mean can we give the man a chance can uh, we just give him a chance to see yeah. what he's gonna do all this hyperbolic fear mongering about what this man is good he's just a guy I got elected you don't agree with him I get it but did you, come on just like give it a chance and I went oh I'm sorry when do I get to have an opinion according to you because he's doing things right now yes he's doing things right now so do I get to judge them yet you tell me when it's okay for me to critique the work he's doing and he went oh well you know you got a point I was like do I because you let me know when I have a point. And I was so mad about it because it's like everybody treated us. Yeah. And the all of us protesting like we were being hysterical, fear mongering idiots. And where are we today? Every time I turn on the news, Francis, what I'm seeing on MSNBC all day long is fear of the end of democracy, fear of a dictatorship. This is real. This is happening. Thank you for waking up to our nightmare. This leads me into the discussion that I wanted to ask, and I saved it for the podcast. I didn't even ask you pre-taping. I wanted to ask, what are your thoughts about purchasing and spending money for Liz Cheney's book? No. Are we oh, are we responsible as patriots and Americans for supporting her and giving her money for what she did? No, Liz Cheney is wealthy. Yes, she is. Number one, this is not, she's not not eating tonight because we're not mm. buying her book. Number two, she is a horrible, horrible human being yep. who was born of horrible, horrible human beings. Yep. And then her, if she had her druthers, I, you would probably not be able to vote. Like, yeah. I'm not telling you that this is not a person who is pro-democracy. She anti-Trump and she's anti this, anti that dictatorship, but the dictatorship of her conservative values, she is down for that's right. Well, and this is why. So I know I will get that at the library. This is why I, you know, I bring this up because she has been on every show, yep. every one of our shows. She has been, you know, the first, you know, it's not, it's not Fox. No, it's not out there supporting her and her book tour. No, no it's not. Rachel Maddow. It's yep. it's it's Ari Melber. It's it's your girl Nicole came back for the one day this week. That's right. But be clear about something. Nicole's a conservative. 
Yes, she is. I know that. Yes, she is. She's clear about it. She's not a Republican anymore because they're anti-democratic. She's a better she's a better conservative than Liz Cheney, but she is a conservative. And so, you know, this is what I'm saying is why does it become our responsibility on mm -hmm. this side to financially support these people? What's her face? Cassidy Hutchinson, when yeah, she no. came out with her book. And, and you know what? And every one of these uh, Republicans have come out with a book. And who do they peddle it to? Us. Yep. That side isn't reading it. No, they don't read. <laughs> Number one. But um, like my problem here is that even Liz Cheney, yes, she was on the the committee and and part of the invest and very important part of that committee in, in the House. Um and she she's done that. But the truth of the matter is she supported Trump when he first ran. She sure did. And she would still be supporting him or quiet about it, I think, had it not been for January 6th. Yep. And he was saying the election was stolen. January 6th was just the violent end of that coup attempt. I didn't hear boo from her. And I could, if I'm wrong, let me know. And I will say I'm sorry and take that. But I don't remember hearing boo from her until then, until her life was threatened. That's right. And I mean, directly her life was threatened. Then she was all about it. That's right. I'm not saying she's a bad person and I'm glad for her support. Uh, frankly, I think you have to support this if you're at all patriotic mm -hmm. or if you're at all about democracy. But but do I think that that means that she's on my team? No, no, no. I don't think of her as on my team. And so when I think about, you know, if I have a book budget mm -hmm. and money that I'm going to give to somebody, you know what I'm saying? to support because that's what i'm doing i'm supporting somebody's life and lifestyle by buying their book my friend from college miriam gershaw has her second book coming out she's a wonderful writer i really enjoyed her first book you should get that for your book if you're looking for a it's fiction but she's a wonderful writer there miriam gershaw that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying i'd rather promote miriam's book thank you than liz cheney's but i feel that way too because I'm going to tell you something. We do this too much on our side. We're the, the we, and I mean, I never felt so strongly about the sides and as I do now, but the reality is that we have this tendency to fall in love. And I mean, hard, like bachelor in paradise, hard. We fall in love and are devastated because we've been together. We had a really good afternoon. And yep. I thought it meant something to Liz. I thought that we were together. I didn't know that she was going to go out there and explore other opportunities when somebody else came down the stairs onto the beach. And now suddenly we're not at thing like that's exactly <laughs> i just like and we just have this tendency to go in all in and we don't have to we can have people allies in certain fights and not go all in on them yes and and i appreciate that Mano when she had her on did ask her some harder questions but i still think they softball they softball it to her yes. and not be like why should anybody give you any money frankly when you would absolutely de you absolutely devalue women in our rights. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely do. And so it's like I, I just can't. She is she's a discriminatory. I can't. So I look at this and I'm like, that's great that she did the right thing. But why do we give so much credit to evil to, to bad people, to people who have agendas that are anti-democratic, that are anti-civil rights, because on one issue they show up correctly. Right. Well, well, and this is the thing. It's like I'm sitting here being told that I need to lionize 
Cassidy Hutchinson, no. who was sitting there at 24 in, an, in, in, in the White House while shit was going down. Because once it's over, right. she's telling us about it. There she it is. Day. She could have weeks, months before. All of there those it people. Is. She was She did these phone conversations before January 6th. Now she's telling us about them? Yep. Like, it's like, I look at this and I'm like, this is not, they're not heroes. They're not courageous. What they are is Johnny come lately stood acting right. And I just never have got, it's sort of like this idea that like, every time you drive home without speeding, you should get a bonus. You know, yeah. like we don't reward following the rules. Well, you know what? That here way. we are. Here we are. We're sitting here. And you know what we're also not talking about are the hundred U.S. representatives who were lined up on January 6th, mm -hmm. ready to help Donald J. Trump assert a coup. Thank you. Thank there you. Were over a hundred people. They shouldn't be in office. That, that, who, and one of them right now is the Speaker of the House. Thank you. And, and then, then we'll get to his. Yes, his BS. Then the other night we had Hannity had a town hall with yeah. Donald Trump. He's asking and offering up the most softball of questions. Let's 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 do let's do the one because I like that. Like, here we go. I'll be should I be Hannity or do you want to be or do you want to be Hannity? You be Hannity. You be Hannity. Okay. So uh Mr. President, people yes. are <laughs> they're being crazy and ridiculous over there on the lib the Libbies. They're uh accusing you, trying to scare fearmonger everybody up into believing you're gonna be some kind of dictator. You're absolutely <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous, right? You have no intention of being a dictator. You know what? No intention except for day one. Day one, I'm gonna be a dictator. I'm wait, gonna close uh, the borders. I'm gonna wait, drill, baby, drill. And wait, after that, no more dictatorship. Uh, but you're not gonna. <laughs> you're not gonna be like a dictator. You're not gonna like jail your enemies and like. No, kill. no, I'm not gonna be a dictator except for on day one. I'm not lying. That is literally twice. He gave him the opportunity to clean it up. To lie. To lie with their cover, and this is how sure he is. He didn't take it. He's never going to take it because he's telling the truth. I would like to take you back to us being on that podcast and being told in 2016 that we were being hyper sensitive and crazy and fear mongering. No, we weren't. No, we weren't. And Americans are sleeping, walking into a Trump dictatorship. That is true. Okay. I don't think this is fair. Hmm. What election, what, what is the evidence of this sleepwalking in? That they're not protesting in the streets every day? No, it's not our side. It's their side. You mean that the, the people, the people that follow him are still following him? Yeah, yes. that's not sleepwalking. They're activated. <laughs> like like this is to what i'm saying like i feel like the media is always trying to cut don't coddle them don't act like they don't know what they're doing they know exactly what they're doing mm -hmm. they're very clear about it they're not going to be shocked when they take when they throw liberals in jails when hillary and president obama get arrested when all of us are thrown in jails and black people are kicked out of the country that's what they want yes. they know what they stop devout like i feel like over and over again the medium just makes excuses for these people as if they're just sort of ignorant to the realities of the things that they're did you not see them on january 6th 
How confused can a group of people be when they are bashing cops' heads in about what their intentions are? Well, and that is my thing. Like, we always try to act like swallowing the Kool-Aid is the worst thing you can do. Right. That that is the only way that the cult ends up in a horrific place. The cult ends up in a horrific place on January 6th. The cult ends up in a horrific place by getting rid of democracy and believing and turning their will over to the care of this dictator, this megalomaniac, and giving him the energy and power as their standard bearer yep. and the tip of their spear. That I believe is that is what they mean by sleepwalking into a Trump dictatorship. And they believe Yeah, that's not I, again, sleepwalking makes it sound involuntary. It does. It does. It's but not. It's not. And but this is the other thing that I feel. They could keep him off their ballot. They could. The courts have made it clear. The courts are like, look, we can't keep him off the primary ballot because that's not it's a private, they're they're a party. They get to decide who's on their ballot. They don't have to have him be there, but they're going to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, let's talk about the House Republicans blurring surveillance footage from the January 6th attack on the Capitol because they don't want rioters to be charged with crimes. To me, mm. if there is no other symbol that the cancer is growing inside of, of the host, this is it. Thank you. When you are sitting here saying that I am going to blur the identities of people. That's Mike, speak, speaker Mike. Yes. But it directly. Directly. Mike Johnson said it. For me, when you sit there and say, I am going to blur my attackers. I am going to obstruct Basis. justice. That's right. And destroy evidence. Yes. Before I give it to you so you can freely decide what's happening in it. Really, dude? First of all, you've just destroyed the evidence that you're somehow giving me to trust me with. Second of all, this is another case where I go, the mindful thief, this you can tell that Speaker Johnson, he has not seen, he has not heard of the mindful thief. Because what you don't do as a mindful criminal is announce your crime. No. <laughs> you no. don't announce, hey, I'm going to be obstructing justice. Yeah. Because I, I, I'm anti-justice. Yeah, he said, here's a quote. We have to blur some of the faces of persons who participated in the events of that day because we don't want them to be retaliated against and to be charged by the Department of Justice, which, bitch. Retaliation. Retaliation. And, and to continue the quote. When I got a parking ticket, it was retaliation. Right. And to have other, you know, concerns and problems, because you know what? When the government comes after a Trump MAGA voter, mm -hmm. that's a problem. Yeah, it's a retaliation. It's wrong. It's unjust. It's, it's retaliation. It's unjust. But when the government comes after my black ass or somebody else, mm -hmm. brownish, or gayish, mm -hmm. or a woman. That's fine. Well, that's that's justice. You're a criminal. It's 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 absolutely. And yet, he's still. Guess what? He is still tonight. 
speaker. Like, I don't understand how that works. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he's just said on international TV on for the world, I am obstructing justice and I am actively thwarting the attempts of justice and nothing's going to happen to him. Nothing, nothing. And you know what? And Tom and I were talking about this. These were things that years ago that would have put you down. Yeah. You would have been kicked out. Well, yeah. You, you'd be out of, you'd be out of government. I have, there's never been a clear demonstration of a fish rots from the head down than Donald Trump, because you kind of, I might've, I always thought obviously the presidency was important, but I think I didn't get how important it was that just by virtue of having a criminal bigot in that office, mm. that would make it everybody th that moved the entire spectrum that moved everything to crazy land and now we are rewarding asshole bigots for not being an asshole in one moment one day like we we act like they're some sort of heroes and patriots because they just wouldn't go down that road and it's like <laughs> like dude they threatened her life directly Okay, Liz Cheney, like, like this is let's not divorce the what how she came to have this epiphany of of patriotic fervor. And mm -hmm. I look at the situation and I'm like, but nobody, we're sitting here and we are continually being told that we're hysterical. And now everybody is on the same page, which is this is a problem. Did you get I don't know if you get this, but Donald Trump is dangerous. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back. Israeli troops enter Gaza's second largest city. Israel said its military forces had reached the heart of Gaza's second largest city and Hamas's last major bastion. The push follows Israel's intensifying bombardment of in southern Gaza after an initial focus on the north of the uh, Palestinian enclave. Ambulances rushed to hospitals with wounded and dead Palestinians. Israel's military said that it was engaged in the most intense day of battles since Hamas's deadly October 7th surprise attack in southern Israel triggered the war. You know, I was surprised, actually. And I know this sounds crazy, but I was surprised that we were unable to keep the uh, ceasefire. I was really hoping. Yeah, I know. Angela's looking at me like I'm crazy. You were surprised? I was, I was. surprised that it, ha it happened and that it lasted for the full Like I, you couldn't have knocked me over with a feather. I was like, wow, that's great. I couldn't believe it. I, I mean, I was sitting there praying every day and I was saying, yeah, this should hold. You know what I mean? Because to me, no one wants this. No one wants this. But this is the thing. I think there are people who are willing to suffer and they're willing to know that other people are suffering if the end of the game is the end of the enemy. Yeah, I know. On both ends. On both ends. Yeah. On both and, ends. And, and I don't, that's not, that's not where my mind and heart is at, but that is, I think that is extremism. And that is, yeah. And that is also, I think on some level, emotionally and psychologically and understandable, it's understandable given the, like, I am, I have to tell you these stories about the different things that Hamas has, did um, that horrible day on October 7th. I, I don't even normally I make myself look at those things because mm -hmm. I feel like like these people live through them. I have responsibility to know them, you know, 
but it's awful. Like mm-hmm. you can't even, I can't even get my mind around the, the, just everybody got those people in Hamas got up that day and went out and committed barbaric, immoral, disgusting, horrible acts on people. Yep. You know, and I look at them and I'm like, it is a wonder to me that these hostages have, that have been released, as far as we are being told at this moment, were not subjected to that same treatment. Well, that's what I didn't understand. While they were being held. That's right. Yeah, that, that, that what we're not hearing or seeing is extreme abuse once they were taken. Well, I can only assume what it's just, it's, I'm grateful, obviously, and I hope that yeah. that is the case, but it's, I, it shows you what happens when you centralize things, right? Because it's like when people were out doing their, their recon kill miss, you know, kill and attack missions, clearly the message was do whatever you want yeah, or go hard as hell. It might've been like, it probably was that go do evil. But when they got them back, and everybody's in the in their compound system or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like no, that will not go on now. Yeah, you will not do that to these people. These people are collateral, and they are only collateral that's useful to us if they are unharmed. Yep, as unharmed as you gonna be physically. You yeah. know, obviously they're being tortured Tur- by being held hostage exactly. and everything else. You know, the, I'm not the, suggesting the tor- that the torture is taking them is, yes. is from and, moment you know, one, second one. And they're never going to be over that. You know, I was I just read a story about the um, the children, that school bus that was kidnapped. Yes. In, yes. Yes. In what, the, uh, um, Chowchilla. Yeah. Chowchilla out here in California and, yeah. um, in the 1970 something, five yeah. or something. I was young. Yeah. Um, and, um, but I, or maybe been 69, but anyway, I watched the uh, documentary. Uh, that's what I was reading about it. I wanted to watch it. And I yeah. thought it was interesting that back, cause it fit, you know, we talk, I actually want to talk about it for our set, uh, in terms of how in the day, everybody said, you know, maybe one of those kids will have some lingering problems, but you right. know, they're going to be a fine kids are resilient, right? Kids are resilient. Every single one of them has been a mess. And of course, of course they have, because they went through, they were kidnapped and held in an underground, you know, shaft. Yes. Of course they had people put guns to their head for an 11-hour drive. Like, But we didn't have that sense. And sort of the prevailing theory was kids are bounced back and they just go back to school. Everything will be fine. And And they didn't get the help that they needed and nobody even knew that that what to do what i love my favorite thing about it is is that we were so inept about dealing with trauma that they thought to make the kids feel better and to make it all go away they'll send them to disneyland yeah so let's go to disneyland that'll be fun that'll take the taste out of your mouth of being it's just of being kidnapped and threatened with with death, yes. your imminent death. Yeah, it's so. I look at this situation. And I go, these people. I don't even begin to know. How? I know any of these people, children, the older people. How are they going to move on? Especially because many of them, if not all of them, the process of them being taken hostage meant also watching their family die. That's right. You know. That's right. And and, and so they're not even coming back to their life. That's right. You That's know. Right. So I can't get. I can't, you know, they are, as you said, ever present in my mind. Yeah. As the people in Gaza who are suffering are also. But I think about what people did that day. And it's just, it's so shocking 
to me that I, I, I can't get my, I was really shocked that they were to get it to there. I was really shocked that that ceasefire happened at all. Yeah. Because the, the that's a tremendous amount of control from the, the Israeli military and from both from sides, Hamas because, yeah. because I don't know that I have it in me to be, to not shoot, to not what, you know, like I get that, you yeah. know, and and everybody held they i mean there were little problems i think here and there but that they really for the most they they were able to keep it going and they were able to get people out and sort of see the end of that the the more important end of it and i hope that they get to another ceasefire and i'm going to tell you something it is strictly because of the united states we did that i appreciate them saying we talked about that last well i think last week i appreciated them saying that but giving making it very clear and giving that credit to president biden mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh speaking of credit Tuberville stops blocking most military promotions. Senator Tommy Tuberville, Republican, Alabama, Mr. I used to be a coach, ended his blockade against military promotions, which he started in February to protest Pentagon policy on abortion. Tuberville said he would uh, lift holds on nominees from three-star generals and below. It's been a long fight. This is a quote. We fought hard. We did the right thing for the unborn in our military. No, you didn't. No. Can I say something too? This is pronoun abuse. Yeah. We, we we was him. Yeah. One person. In fact, so clearly one person that the second he released his one person dictatorship, tyrannical hold, they went through and did every promotion in a sweep of the hand. In fact, what he did was effectively kill any debate on any of those promotions. Yes. Like, because people were like, we just need to get this done. And so he made sure that all those people got promoted without question. It was 100% and everybody voted for it. Nobody, there's no we here. And then it's not a democracy. When one person can do that, that's not democratic. And and when you have Republican senators Thank screaming you. at him going, you are effing with our military readiness. You've got four-star generals having heart attacks because they're doing the job, their job, and another job. But Tommy Tupperville doesn't, doesn't care. care about that because he cares about making sure he's between some service woman's legs. Oh, and more than that, I don't even know that he cares about that so much. He just wanted the press. It's just all an act because he just dropped it. Yeah. It's just yeah. an act. He doesn't give just a, an act. He doesn't care about any unborn. What he cares about is, is absolutely right, is control and power and attention. It's the theater. He's playing yes. theater with people's lives. And 400 officers got through, you know, a blockade that he had stymied for almost a year. Okay? In like minutes. In minutes. <laughs> like, like. And he's continuing to hold roughly a dozen four-star nominees, which means he each one will require an individual Senate vote. When we're doing silly, stupid-ass shit like this, these, these stunts out here in the world, yep. we can't get anything done. No, and we got stuff to get done. Ah. I got to ask you, though, Francis, we just found out this week, the other day, that Kevin McCarthy has said he's not going to run for re-election. What do you think that's about? I think this it's about, this is what's crazy. When we run the Tea Party out of the system. Do you think he's out? You don't think he's going to run for something, president, or like? No. No, I think, I think that they ran 
him, they're, they're running him out on a rail. I think that the masks are coming off. The hoods are coming on and you have to decide where you, where you live in that spectrum on that spectrum. Cause he's one of their boys. I mean, he's down with the, the dictatorship. Yeah. But you know what? I think he just got mad. I don't think so. I think I think he out of here. He's here's the thing. He's a millionaire. He no, doesn't have to take rich. none of this shit. I know. But I really thought he was gonna stick around and get back, try to get back his speakership. You know. Yeah. You know what? When he didn't come back that first time, I knew he was done. Then he he was mm. like, I don't give a fuck. He had totally had that air of fuck you. Fuck yeah. this. And he, the way he was smiling, it was kind of like grinny and yeah. he was feeling too good and he was having too good of a time. Well, he, but he been, he been pushing people. He been pushing people like he's, you know, really having a hard time. Mm-hmm. And what, what I saw in that, those weeks where we didn't have a speaker and the smile and the joy and the stress-free look of his face. Uh, he, he had made that decision back then. You think he was like, wait a minute, what am I fighting for? What am I this fighting for? So much better. That's right. That's right. I don't have to be in this shit. And lastly, lastly here, Angela and I, we talked about whether or not we would get here. U.S. teens' math scores plunge. U.S. students' performance in math plunged last year in a global exam, according to results released. Scores fell in much of the world, but the U.S., uh, in the U.S., 15-year-olds with their 13-point drop lagged behind their global competitors. U.S. math scores were lower than 20 years ago. Can we just all fucking stop and admit that we all went through a fucking worldwide fucking pandemic? Yeah, they really don't want to. They, you know, I think in in the in the hurry to get rid of public education and to bemoan it, every, you know, to say that it's bad every chance they get, we're forgetting that there's been three years of completely interrupted education. Absolutely. Especially if you're 15, that means you went from middle school to high school during COVID. That's right. This is this is this is an important time math-wise. This is we're being we're now getting into geometry, algebra, some higher, harder, more difficult math that you haven't had any real and you know look at before, probably. And it and it's uh, being taught by quite frankly actors that we know. Like I'm just <laughs> tell you my daughter goes to the number three high school mm-hmm. in los angeles yep she had to take a public school public school mm-hmm. she had to take algebra three times her freshman year because she was taking it on fucking line there was yep. no help there yep. was no assistance you yep. know and all i could do was just give her snacks and try to help Okay. Yeah, but what I mean, we're actors. The last time we did algebra, I don't even know how well we did it, but it was a really long time ago. And you know, you do the best you can, but that's it's stressful. And and, and all these children are then being told all of those grades are going into your college transcripts. Yep. And people are going to judge you about how well you handled COVID. Yep. It's not fair. 
and you know how well you know, it's it's really not fair when and you know and here's the other thing too i feel like psychologically we have not dealt with our children and what they no. went through we've barely no. dealt with ourselves our drinking problems our weight problems no. our work issues our spending habits all of those things that we went through personally yeah as individuals, we haven't even gotten to the health of our children. Let's, let's know the education. No. And that is our final word. Oh, you got something else to say? Say it. No, that I was, no, I was just going to say, and then there, there are parts of the lockdown I miss. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for emails, emails. Time to go get your emails. Thank you for writing us at franchisezero at gmail.com. Please do. Um, this this email comes from Leslie A. It's share values to fight anti-Semitism. Dear Frangela, I continue my passionate love for you both as I enjoy the Black Power Hour. Thank you. The final word, idiot of the week, 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 and micro idiots. I was compelled to write when I heard you talking about the rise of anti-Semitism causing Jews to feel unsafe. Although anti-Semitism is rising, it never went away. Holla. In both overt and subtle ways. My family has never been observant aside from celebrating holidays, but we are extremely proud of our faith traditions of valuing education, caring for others and the planet, generosity, integrity, and fierce loyalty to family. However, I have never felt safe sharing my faith tradition with anyone I didn't know and trust. Because I am Caucasian, I have the option of keeping my identity private. Unlike people who face discrimination automatically just because of the way they look, most people see the world through their own culture, so they assume I am part of the majority faith tradition. That is, that's a oppression also but mm -hmm. this time of year when every store restaurant public place tv program and business is bursting with christmas decorations merchandise and music we are lucky to see any representation of hanukkah anywhere this year there's less oh, oh because oh did you see that hobby lobby said that they weren't going to sell any uh, okay hanukkah so it's not just stuff? me being weird okay because no. i was like am i just being weird but i feel like there's a lot less hanukkah stuff like i'm not seeing it like i normally do and I, even then it wasn't enough but yeah um, I did not know that. Okay. Anyway. And, uh, when a more inclusive happy holidays was politicized in a negative way as part of the anti-woke insanity, quote unquote, we felt even more marginalized. I enjoy seeing people's homes decorated for Christmas, but I never felt safe decorating my home for Hanukkah. That's sad to me yeah. for fear of some racist sticko driving by and deciding to vandalize or worse. Hanukkah is one of our minor holidays, but it's a fun time to celebrate the Jewish people's persistence and tenacity to preserve our faith practices and culture. Those cultural traditions influence every generation. So many of us choose careers in the helping professions as well as becoming champions of social justice with more widespread understanding of my faith and other faiths that share the same values. Maybe we can stop being the targets of hate. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Peace on earth for all. Less Leslie A. Thank, Thank you, you. Leslie. Very well said, Leslie. And I, yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't heard that, but that I've wondered. I'm like, I'm not seeing. I'm not yeah. seeing. I got. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little story. I dated a guy who was Jewish, who was uh, raised Orthodox for a, a while, and um, he said that he would uh during the christmas holidays go up and just destroy people's uh you know remember those old old lights and that they're uh -huh. called like c23s or c24s or one of those he would just like 
crack him, you know, because he was just so angry that he wasn't allowed to be a part of it and he couldn't be a part of it. And that's the thing. It's like, but that was, he couldn't be a part of it because his parents wouldn't let him or he wasn't seeing, he wasn't yeah. seeing their, his faith represented, represented being yeah. represented. And, and I was like, you know, I was like, that makes sense. You know, I get that. I get that anger. I get mm -hmm. that. That, Especially out of a child. Out of a child. I was like, you were yeah. a little kid. You were like eight, you know? You were a little kid. And that's how you expressed yourself. And, you know, and I, you, that's not how you should. And no. Yeah. No, but that's the way it came out. But and and but the, but, but all, what I'm saying is is that, you know, from that just little tiny thing of like feeling overlooked, being not included. Then getting to this moment of after October 7th and, and nobody pays attention to you that and, and or it's the worst kind of attention. It's anti-attention. Well, you know, I I'm it, it's very frustrating in this country because I think, you know, we get told that there's been an attack on Christmas and I haven't seen it. They're playing Christmas jingles from before oh, Halloween. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know what they're talking about with this attack on Christmas. Christmas is, it is everywhere. It's ubiquitous. You can't avoid it. And it's definitely, I mean, it is punched out any other holiday that may or may not be going on there commercially and merchandise wise. And, and quite frankly, it's a cultural tradition in this country at this point, much more than a religious one. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I guarantee you there are people who don't realize that there's a religious component to it. Yep. yep. At all. <laughs> like, and, and have no relationship to that part. And it's hard to compete with kids when the holiday is about getting gifts. That's a hard holiday to compete with. Is that, it really is. Focus when your holiday is about perseverance and, and <laughs> like these one. And, and that oil, that oil really did a really long time. everybody. A long time. And it's like, that's a hard thing to get enthusiasm behind from, from 10 year olds, you know, like that's a hard, you know, so it's, but certainly you're not allowed to, but the, the fear, I feel it. And I see it, you know, we were putting up decorations in this, uh, Dan had this huge, it's one of those blow up things, but it's huge. And he, this was last year and he was putting it up and it, but it says Merry Christmas and it's got a sled and reindeer, mm -hmm. it's a big, huge thing. And that's up and we're standing there, this guy's walking by and he, and he said, we, I, we wave and I'm kind of at him and he's walking his dogs. And I went, you know, we both go Merry Christmas. Oh, we both said happy holidays. And he went happy, Merry Christmas. Wow. In front of, of the biggest display. <laughs> and I looked at him and I went, yeah, we were saying happy holidays because we didn't know that you, we wanted to include you. But we we clearly celebrate Christmas. I don't. If you're upset about that, we. <laughs> this is also not the way to attract people to Christmas. Screaming at them is really not. If that's if you're you know a recruiter, um, this is not a great strategy. But it was just like the anger and resentment. I, so this I say this to say, I am I'm I'm finding my cup a little full on the I feel not heard thing <laughs> by these from these people because you were. It doesn't matter how loud you shout at them yeah it's just never enough it's never enough i'm francis callier i'm angela v shelton we are frangela thank you so much for listening to the final word <laughs> <laughs>